The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. Is the best time of the year also the most stressed time of the year for you? And what you need is to, you know, sit down, take a break, kick back, and relax. But instead, you know, you're living life on the edge of your seat, go, 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 faster, getting more done, working longer hours, putting in more effort, more time, and your blood pressure is rising and you're feeling stressed. And I gotta be honest with you, me too. Um, in fact, I was kind of trying to decide if I was actually gonna say this in my sermon, but I feel like, you know, I just gotta be vulnerable with you. Um, I'm feeling stressed. And, and I think often I feel more stressed as I get closer and closer to the Christmas season. And not only is this year not an exception, I feel like it's even more stressful this year. And I love Christmas. I, I mean, I'm not, it's not like I don't look forward to it. I mean, I love Christmas. I love the decorations. But then as much as I love it, I get stressed about getting them up. In fact, I still have boxes in my garage of decorations that I got to put up, a wreath outside that's got to get put up, the lights got to get strung outside, and then I look at it and I feel more stressed, even though I love it. Personally, I haven't done any Christmas shopping. Sorry, Laura. Sorry, kids. Um, So what happens is the more I think about all these things I've got to do, the more stressed I get. And this year, I decided to start a uh, you know, an agreement with Laura and our family decided to start a doctoral program. And so, you know, I've got um, projects I've got to get finished just right away before the you know, end of the semester. And so, you know, as I'm looking at all the things going on with the church and, you know, managing a team and, you know, wanted to say, I see this be a great experience, getting my schoolwork done and trying to be a parent and a husband. And then this, just the general stress of the season, I'm stressed out like you. And what happens is this, we start becoming frustrated and overwhelmed, resentful, and bitter. We start living in the third person, not fully present with the people we love most and who need us most. And what should be restful becomes stressful. And you and I know it's not just this season, is it? It's kind of the way our life works. Because, you know, we do what we tell our kids not to do, right? Like, you know, if you've got kids, you're like, hey, you gotta go to bed. And they're like, I'm not tired. Or I've seen this with my, my older kids, right? Like they've got a project to get done. And so they wanna push, 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 put in longer hours to get it done. But then as parents, we know that if they push, 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 they're not gonna bring their best to the project, which means it's gonna take them longer. And it would be better to go to bed, get some sleep, and you'll actually perform better and get more done in less amount of time. And then I have a project doing, guess what I'm doing? Staying up late, trying to get it done. Right, we fall into that same trap of not just busyness, but stress. And um, there's a letter written to the Hebrew Christians about how Christmas is better. It's better than stress. 
The author writes this letter to Christians who have a Jewish background who had turned their faith in Jesus, Christmas, into a bunch of work. It was full of religion and rituals and laws and rules that became a weight and a burden on their lives so that it became stress rather than rest. And so the author is challenging them, specifically during a time of, of war in the nation where the Roman Empire is trying to squelch or crush the rising insurrection coming from the Jewish people. And so the Christians get caught up in that. And so they're experiencing war. And the author is writing during this time to say, hey, let me bring you back to what matters most. And so really the key theme throughout the book, the letter to the Hebrews is that Jesus is better. He's better than everything else you've put onto him. He's better than everything else you've got in your life. And so, you know, we're saying Jesus, who is the, the central person of Christmas, so Christmas is better. Christmas is better than all the stress that you've gotten, your, you've gotten uh, that's consuming your life. And, and what it takes sometimes is a significant crisis or tragedy or, or life-shaking circumstance to bring you back to what matters most. And that's what happens as the author is writing to the Hebrew Christians. And so we're gonna jump in and read this. And so he gives this, in this key challenge as you get a little ways into the, into the Hebrews, Chapter four, verse one, he opens with the statement. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands. So a couple things that really jump out immediately to that. He goes, it still stands. There is a rest that is still available for every one of us. And before he says that, he goes, therefore, meaning there's something he says before that that helps us understand that there is still a rest available. Maybe you feel like, I don't know, you, you're disqualified from, or you don't deserve, or you gotta work really hard to get, you know, uh, some type of healthy rest. He goes, I want you to know that there is still a rest available for every one of us. Well, what does he say before that? Anytime you see a therefore, you go, what is it therefore? Well, it's to point you back to what was just said. So in chapter three, verse 18 and 19, he writes this. And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. He goes, there's, there's people who are disqualified from rest. He was referring back to the, the nation of Israel and the ancestors who, even though they were offered rest, their disobedience disqualified them from rest not because God wasn't trying to give them rest, but because they wouldn't receive it. They wouldn't walk in and live in that rest. And so they became disqualified because of their disobedience. And he goes, therefore, I want you to know that there is still a rest available to you. A rest that was started at the very beginning. In fact, if you go back to the, the book of Genesis, which kind of gives you the introduction of, the, of human history, where God creates everything, he also creates rest. You were designed from the very beginning to rest and to need rest. In fact, after God created, after he created the heavens and the earth, he took a day to sit back 
relax, and enjoy some rest. Let's read it. In Genesis chapter two, verse one through three, he writes, uh, this is what's written. Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed in all of their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all his work, all the work of creating that he had done. God takes time to sit back and rest after creating. And then as you continue from the story of Genesis into Exodus, he commands his people to rest. Imagine being commanded to rest because your instinct is not to rest, because you and I are driven so hard by our own desires, by our own ambitions, and by something else, right? What is it that drives you to stress? Your fears, your doubts, your debts, a boss, family member. And when you feel driven to stress, you don't rest because there's something pushing you, something enslaving you, dare I say. And as a result, God recognized that every one of us would be driven to stress, and so he commanded his people to rest. Take a Sabbath day. Honor the Sabbath day because God rested on a Sabbath day. He created it for the purpose of rest. You need to rest, and when you don't rest, you get stressed even more. And so what's the key that jumps out of this letter to the Hebrews about how Jesus is better, he's certainly better than stress, and he gives us rest. It's this, enjoy rest that comes from God alone. The reason why you and I don't really enjoy rest is not just because we experience stress. It's the source of stress. It's that drive. It's that I, I said, what is it that's driving you to stress? You and I are driven to stress by something deeper than even our fears or our doubts or our debts or our boss or a loved one. We're driven to stress by a spiritual force in us called sin. Sin enslaves us. It ties us up to the bondage of our fears and our doubts and, and a spiritual debt where we feel enslaved to our desires and so we go in wrong directions that put us into even greater debt, greater drive away from God and what is best for our life. And so we trade what's best for stress, relationship with God for something vastly less and when we're separated from relationship with God, driven by sin, we live a life of not just stress, but of eternal ruin headed to a forever far from God. Now your heart's racing. You go, now I feel really stressed. <laughs> and, and now you want to sit back and take a, and relax, but you, you couldn't because your mind is racing and running. And so what is the answer to this deeper spiritual unrest let me, let me jump back into 
the passage in Hebrews where he writes this, for somewhere, and I always laugh when I read that because the author is going, I can't remember where it's written, um, but somewhere he, God, has spoken about the seventh day in these words. On the seventh day, God rested from all of his work. So it's written in Genesis chapter two. Uh, and again, the passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. He says, God rested, God commanded us to rest, but because of disobedience, because of this spiritual sin that leaves us spiritually unsettled and restless, we don't experience true rest. Because true rest is not a day off. True rest is not a holiday season. True rest is not a vacation. It's a deep inner tranquility and peace that nothing can unsettle. And he goes, you can't get that when you're living in disobedience to God. When you have a spiritual sabotaging force leaving you for continually unsettled, how can you ever experience this deep inner rest? And so what does God do? The, the message of Hebrews is that Jesus is better. Jesus came from heaven to earth. God stepped into the stress of our world and the sin of our world to take it on himself, to take on your battle, to take on your enslavement. Now remember, the, or whether you know or not, the letter to the Hebrews written to this, these Christian Jews so it's reflective back, and so the author is reflecting back on the history of the Jewish people who were slaves, slaves in Egypt. And that's what the unrest he's talking about in chapter three he goes, remember, God delivered you out of Egypt. He then commanded you to rest. You had been slaves. You were forced to work endlessly. And even though God delivered you out of the physical slavery, there was a spiritual slavery, and as a result, you refused to take a day of rest because you disobeyed God. You didn't experience true rest. And, and the point here is that you and I have a slave master that drives us. We're enslaved to sin, and so what does Jesus do? He comes to earth to set us free from the bondage of sin, chains broken, prison doors open, you get to step out and you begin to live in the freedom that comes from no longer being enslaved by sin. And, and God, what does Jesus do? When he, gave, when he died on the cross, he gave his life to pay for our eternal death sentence. So when we believe in Jesus by faith, we are forgiven. But Jesus not only died, right? The, this climactic moment in all of human history, after Jesus is crucified and died and buried in the tomb, three days later, Jesus rises from the dead and in his resurrection, he is triumphant over sin, therefore over death and over eternal judgment so that anyone who believes in Jesus by faith is forgiven and given new and eternal life. You can rest in relationship with God. Now, before you go trying to apply the rest of this message, I wanna give you some practical things that you can apply to your life in how to live a life rather than constantly being stressed, to live in rest that comes from God alone. And I wanna be really clear here because I started by saying, you know, I'm stressed, but I wanna be clear that it's possible to have moments of stress and situations and circumstances that will stress you out and still experience a deep inner 
rest. Be clear, while I may feel the emotions of stress and maybe even the chemical responses in my body of stress, my inner spirit is calm. My soul is at rest. Maybe that's where you're at. What you need is a deep inner rest that goes beyond the surface, that goes beyond the circumstances. And that happens through faith in Jesus Christ. Can I encourage you? If you have not yet made a decision to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you say yes to Jesus today? Maybe, you've, maybe you, you go to church. You're coming regularly to Lifehouse. You're tuning, you're tuning in to the church. But what you need is a relationship with Jesus. If you're, if you're there and you're ready to say yes through faith in Jesus, would you... Would you make that commitment right now? And would you let us know? A QR code's gonna come up on the screen. Would you go ahead and scan it? Fill out the form so that one of our pastors can follow up with you and encourage you as you begin this relationship with God. And what I wanna encourage you is this. The rest that you receive from God is better than just kicking back, relaxing, you know, and, and binge watching your favorite show on Netflix or something. It's better than just a Christmas holiday. The rest that you receive from God is better than stress too. Rest is better than stress. Now, I'm sure that all of you would agree with that, but I'm not talking just about sleeping in or taking a couple of days off. I'm talking about a deep inner spiritual rest is better than stress. And it comes from relationship with God. God desires you to have a deep inner rest. And when you have a deep inner rest, then you can learn to rest while trusting in God. In fact, that's what Jesus speaks. He's talking to his followers and, and the crowd that comes around him to listen to his messages. And it's recorded by the, the author and disciple Matthew, who writes in a moment where Jesus is teaching and he, and he says this. One of, the, one of the more, I don't know, I'm gonna use the word like precious or tender moments of Jesus' teaching. He says this, come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And in another translation, it says heavy burdened. The word weary means worn out by hard toil. Burden means you're overwhelmed by the weights you're carrying. So you could read it this way. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are worn out by hard work and overwhelmed by the weights that you are carrying, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What a powerful, powerful statement about the deep inner rest that God wants to offer. Let me, let me unpack this passage for you a little bit. He says, take my yoke upon you. The word yoke is referring to, you know, more of an, an ancient form of hauling or farming, but you know, I'm sure in some places it still happens today, but basically it's a, um, a carved piece of wood that be placed over two oxen. Usually 
um, they would, you know, the goal was to get them to work together when they're plowing or hauling. And what could be accomplished when you yoke up two oxen is not just that they can haul, you know, the equivalent of what they could do, per, you know, separately. Meaning, if one could haul a thousand and one could, you know, another ox can haul a thousand, they could pull two thousand pounds. No, no, no. When you yoke them together, they could pull two to four times the amount. If they've never worked together, they could pull twice as much as what they could individually pull. So if they could each pull 1,000 pounds, together 2,000, no. Together they could easily pull 4,000 pounds even if they're brand new working together. But if they've been working together for a while, they could pull four times the amount of weight of what they would pull separately. So separately they could, you know, Combined, pull 2,000. They can pull 8,000 pounds if they work together. So what is Jesus getting at? He goes, take my yoke upon you. He goes, imagine what you could accomplish if you're yoked with God. Maybe you feel overwhelmed with the burdens you're carrying. Imagine you were carrying them with Jesus. Imagine he was taking the lead and he was pulling the weight and you were just working with him. You could actually accomplish more. And I don't mean that you should do more. I mean that things that overwhelm you may not be as overwhelming as if you were linked up with and yoked with Jesus. The, the key that I want you to take away from this challenge, this message, is that Jesus is your rest over stress. He is your rest over stress. And what does that mean for you? What does that look like in your life? Well, it means that you are better together with Jesus than you are alone. And when you're better together, you can find more rest than you could if you're just working at it on your own, right? So he says, take my yoke upon you. And then the second part of that is this. He goes, take my yoke. Some of you are carrying a yoke that you were never meant to carry, that God didn't ask you to carry. And he's saying, no, no, no. The only yoke you should have in your life is the one that Jesus has asked you to carry. Make sure that what you're pulling, make sure that the things you're carrying are things that Jesus has asked you to carry. And when you carry them in partnership with Jesus, he is gentle and he is humble. He is not a slave driver. He is not demanding. He is not forcing. He is not pushing. Meaning when you are yoked with Jesus, it should not invoke stress. The gentleness and the humility of Christ is helping you to work in a way that doesn't destroy you. So it's better. The, the work, that, the kind of experience that you get from Jesus is better than what you get on your own. Make sure that the yoke you're pulling is a yoke that God has asked you to carry because that yoke is better than what you're doing on your own. And another important part of that is that the rest you get while, while being yoked with Jesus is, is better than any rest you could get, again, from a day off or from a holiday or from a vacation, from just sleeping in or staying up late and entertaining your mind because God wants to give you a deep inner rest. I want to challenge you that when you're linked with Jesus, the rest that you get comes from a confidence that God is doing his work in you and through you. When you begin to trust, I am yoked with Jesus. I am pulling, I'm only pulling the yoke that Jesus has put on my life. 
Then there's this deep inner confidence that God is working in me, God is working through me, which then allows me to take a big deep breath and rest, trusting that God is in control. I'm, I'm pulling in the direction God wants me to pull. I'm pulling alongside of Jesus. He's the strength. He's the lead. I'm, I don't even know if I'm doing anything. You, you ever had to carry some big weight and somebody's helping you and you're like, wait, I don't even know if I'm doing anything. Interestingly, the other person is probably thinking the same thing. Now, unless you're carrying a refrigerator and they're doing all the work getting it up the steps and you're at the top going, oh, this is not a big deal, right? But that's Jesus. Jesus is the one at the bottom of the steps carrying it up and you're just doing your part. You're yoked with Jesus, right? And that is better than you trying to do it all on your own, carrying yokes that you were never meant to carry. He leads, you follow. He's carrying the weight. You're just providing the support. And it's your life. And God is saying, rest in me is better than any stress. If you go, if you jump uh, back to the Hebrews chapter four passage It reads this way. There's a passage I want to read in verse 9 through 11. He says, therefore, uh, I'm sorry, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. What he's getting at is this. He goes, there is a deep inner rest for your soul that is found through relationship with Jesus. And you should still take some time off. And there is still a Sabbath rest or a way to rest physically that also rests your soul. So there's there's two parts to this, right? I need to find a deep inner rest found only in Jesus. Rest is better than stress. And resting is better than stressing. You need to actually take some time off. Enjoy God's rest through a regular day of rest. It means that at some point, you do really need to sit back, kick back, and relax. You guys can tell I'm having a little bit of fun with this, right? Um, But let me be really clear here. The rest that God wants to give you, even on a regular day of rest, is better than what most of us do when we take time off. Most of us, when we take time off, we take a day off. It's still a day of stress. You have a list of chores. You got a list of shopping. You got a list of, you got a honeydew list. You have things that you're trying to accomplish or you slump into entertaining yourself into oblivion and you're not truly resting your soul. When when the author writes about a Sabbath rest, so now you gotta go back to an ancient teaching, right, found in, the, in Exodus. The idea of a Sabbath rest is this. It's ceasing from being creative and productive. You and I were designed to work. We were meant to create. We were made in the image of God. God is a creator. He made us, he is the creator. He made us to be creators. We want to be productive. We're made to work. And he gives us six days to do that. And then he says, take one day, to cease from being productive. Stop working, stop creating, stop producing. You are not slaves. You don't have to work every day of your life. You have to take one day off to become better, to recenter, to refocus, to get refreshed, to become renewed 
your heart and your spirit. What are you, what are you doing on a day of rest, on a Sabbath day? You're reconnecting with those that you love. It should be a time to refocus on your family and your relationships that matter most. You're gonna refocus on Jesus making sure that your heart is in right relationship with God. I mean, you, should, you and I should be doing that throughout the week, but one day as a reminder, as a check-in, as a recentering, to say, is my relationship with God healthy and whole? And we think clearer when we're not constantly working that day, right? When we've ceased from everything else and we can focus, right? That's why we get together um, in, com- in a community of faith on a day off, because when we get together with others and we're in worship, we're in relationship, we're hearing the word of God, there is this challenge that, oh, I'm off center. Things are out of whack in my life. And it kind of is a reminder, it pulls us back into what is right and what is best, what is better. And then some people think, well, man, I'm you know, I feel like I'm a little bit of a hypocrite. I come to church, or I, I, you know, I get, to, I get to my family on, on this day off and feel like I'm not the same person as I am throughout the week. Let, let me challenge and encourage you with that. When you take a rest and you Sabbath and you're in worship and in prayer and focused on God, maybe you're supposed to become a better version of yourself. And the goal then is take that better version of you that you experience with this day of rest, this Sabbath day, and let that begin to carry through the rest of the week. The rest of the week should be a reflection of the better person you're becoming when you're resting, right? Because when God created the, the seven days and he gives them to us, he says, these six days are good, The seventh day is holy, or this day of rest is holy. It's a sacred day. It's a one in seven days of the week as a monument dedicated to God to say, God, I trust you. I'm going to cease from working so that I can become, so I can recenter, I can refocus, I can cease from production so that I can put my attention on you. And in the process, my heart is becoming more like you. I'm resting in you. Where are you stressed when you could be at rest? Where do you need an inner rest? Because right now your soul is restless. And then maybe you you need to make a commitment to a weekly day of Sabbath rest. Would you make that commitment right now? I'm hoping that many of you, as your heart is stirring, you just need to take a moment right now and reflect on what I said. Maybe take a prayer commitment to say, God, would you give me an inner soul rest? And God, help me to commit to that day of rest. Would you take a moment right now? Just pause and make it personal. You can pray. Take time right now to make that commitment and take a moment to pray and reflect on what it would be like and how you can receive this deep inner rest. Would you do that right now? Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.